I'm Jess Dakotis. And I'm Nick Colziel. Welcome to That Sounds Terrifying, the podcast where we share terrifying stories, we share listener experiences, and we visit virtually some of the most haunted places in the United States and the world. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to That Sounds Terrifying. I'm Nick Koziel. I'm Jess Dakotas. And we're really excited to share some terrifying tales with you. Uh, this is our first episode, and we are going to be sharing some of our own experiences, including kind of how we came up with this new podcast. And uh, I'll let Jess kind of like lead us into that conversation. How did, how did this all begin? But how this all started was Nick and I are in an improv group together, um, and it was just during one of the the down periods where we didn't have class anymore. Uh, so we all decided to get a drink. It was Nick, myself, and our friend Ashley, who I think we scared a yeah. little bit. <laughs> That's how I recall. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we were out getting beers and we were chatting and somehow the paranormal came up because, you know, that doesn't usually come up in conversation unless you're talking to me because um, paranormal things are a passion of mine. Um, but I also, I think I was talking about how I read Tarot. Um, and we started talking about our our scariest stories. Um, I'm also a realtor, so I was talking about how there's energy in homes and some scary stories that I had from being in different homes. I don't even think I've told you all of those stories, but um, no, we're saving some for the show. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but then what you called me like a week or two later, and you're like, "Hey, I have this idea for a podcast," and I was like, "Yes, hell yes, I am in." Yeah. <laughs> And here we are. Yeah. So, so here thanks, Jess. Uh, I have been looking yeah. for, just like you said, you know, to to kind of spin off of my other podcast. That sounds terrific. To talk a little bit about, you know, originally I was thinking it would just be a Halloween episode, right? Um, yeah. But I think you summed up the story really, really well, and I think we did terrify Ashley, at least into silence. <laughs> into silence. She she claims that she was not scared at all. She yeah. claims that we did not bother her in any way. But I. I was a little nervous that she was like, I'm not going to talk to these weirdos again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're off her list. And I think she did share. We'll have to have her come on the show at some point in the future. Because I think she did share that she started to have an experience or what she thought was she an experience did. after that. So, uh, but we'll, we'll save that for the, for the an upcoming episode. Right. She blames um, us. Yes. She blames us. <laughs> yes. 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 And, and mm -hmm. here's our, our first ad of the show, uh, Starbucks. You know, we're yeah. got, yeah. we got a nice addiction over here already. Pumpkin spice, uh, spice latte, first of the season. Pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice latte. Well, you know, <laughs> getting into the storytelling yeah, a little early. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're doing a horror podcast and I was like, Starbucks says that it's fall. It's fall now. Yes. Sorry. Yes. That's how that works. Some of the stores my... saying it's Christmas already, so yeah we'll, we'll no, figure that out into that no halloween first and halloween for at least two and a half months and then we yeah. can talk about christmas sure yeah sure i mean i love christmas but yeah yeah 
haunted Christmas. <laughs> it's better for this podcast for it to be Halloween anyway. So it's I think right. we're we're gonna share our own, well, at least one one story of our own, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, to kind of give everyone a chance to hear something that maybe has you know unsettled us, right? Um, yeah. And then we're going to lead into another segment where um, we're going to tell some stories that, that we found that we thought were interesting. So uh, why don't you share your story first, Joss? I've been, I've been really looking forward to that. Yeah. So this I had, I want to preface this. I've had many paranormal experiences in my life. Many, many, many. Um, I am intuitive. I'm just a little bit more sensitive. Um, for a long time, I kind of just wrote it off. Um, and the way I was raised, I was taught that it was evil. Um, and then as I became an adult, I realized, okay, well, this doesn't feel evil. Not, not, you know, not everything, um, that has to do with the other side is evil. Um, and so I started to explore it a little bit more, um, with proper spiritual protections in place. I guess I just want to put that out there too. Don't explore the paranormal or spiritual things without putting like actual like protection in place. I feel like that's very important. Um, whether you believe in it or not, it, it just better safe than sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually my scariest tale that I have. It scared me to death. I was, um, I think I was 28, I was 28 or 27. And this, I couldn't tell this story without shaking for years. I would shake when I would tell this story. It was so scary Um, to me because it happened to me. Um, So this was December of 2013. It was December 29th. It was a Sunday night going into a Monday. And this is important to me because it was the first night I had been working remotely And it was the first night that um, before having to go into an office, we got a brand new office at this marketing company I was working with. Um, I'm traditionally in marketing Um, and my background anyways. (laughs) And I, um, I went to bed, totally normal, nothing out of the ordinary at all. And, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and, um, I am married. So my husband was sleeping next to me and I just shot up because I felt like, I I feel like I woke up because I felt like somebody was watching me. Um, you know, that feeling like somebody's in your room, you know, or like shouldn't be there. It's, it's, it's eerie. It's scary. And most of the time you wake up and you're like, there's nothing there. Um, but this time there was something there. (laughs) So, um, I, I sat up and I looked over at the side of my husband's side of the bed, which happened to be the, um, the side where there was a humidifier because it's winter. So in Rochester, New York, we have humidifiers, um, in the winter going because the air is so dry. Um, and there was just this white, tiny white light there. Um, not enough to put a glow into the room or anything like the, the room's pitch black, except for that. And what I saw, (laughs) it's still scary, (laughs) was a little boy um, whose eyes were closed, but he was looking at me. His eyes were closed, but I knew he was staring at me. And he had a, um, almost like an 1800s bowl cut, like with like the um, sideburns. Um, So he had a bowl cut with sideburns and he had like the little like 1800s bow tie you know and he was 
he was all gray, like all like shades of gray. His face was gray, but he was glowing. And it, I first thought it was like, it was that white light, like glowing on this child that was in the room. But I was like, that's impossible because the white light is behind him. And his face was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Because glowing might be like too much because it was just, he was just a glow, like, but not, not like a bright light. Not like you would think like an angel, like this did not feel good to me at all. This was scary. Um, so at first I think I'm dreaming and I'm like, okay. So I like, you know, I just woke up. So like, maybe I'm just like seeing something like it's a dream, you know, a waking dream. So um, I look over towards my bathroom door, which was the opposite way of where this little boy was. Um, and I'm like, I literally said out loud, I am not seeing this right now. I'm not seeing this right now. And I look over at the bathroom door for like a good like few seconds. I waited because I was like, I'm gonna look back and that thing's not gonna be there. And I looked back and he's still there. This little boy is standing in my room and he looks solid. He looks, I don't see through him. He looks solid. He's, but just the wrong color. Like just, just grays, it's creepy. Um, and finally, I'm, I'm just staring at him at this point. Like what does, does he want? What does he want? Um, and then he faded away. He just faded, like gone. So me being me, <laughs> I didn't want to wake my husband because I didn't want to scare him, but I turned on all the lights. I turned on every light and my husband sleeps very deep. So it was fine. He was still asleep. Um, I turned on all lights. I didn't sleep the rest of the night and I'm pretty sure it was like probably like three or four in the morning. So I was tired. Like I did not sleep at all. Um, we got out for work the next day and I, I didn't want to say anything to my husband still because I still wasn't sure like what had just happened. It was so jarring. And I had seen stuff before, but not like this. This was, this was without a doubt, I could not wipe it away. Like I, I couldn't like just um, say, okay, no, it was just a dream or, you know, oh, I, it was a waking dream. I, I thought I saw something, but I didn't, you know, everything before this leading up to this was um, something that I could explain away if I had to. This I couldn't explain away. It was so real and so vivid and I knew I wasn't asleep. Um, and for me, like the, the notch in the coffin, so to speak, was just that I, I turned my head away. I turned away, I blinked and I looked back and he was really there. It was so scary. So anyways, we get up that morning. I still don't tell my husband. And it's just the only thing I can think about. I'm terrified to leave my dog in my house. And like, there's like a, I don't know, an evil spirit in my house. Is it a demon? Like, what is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't want to leave my dog alone in the house with like whatever this was. Um, so it's all I'm thinking about. And I was doing my hair that day because um, I still have to go to the office. It's that first day I have to go to the office. And I'm all of a sudden I see a spider crawling down in front of my face while I'm doing my hair. So I'm like, oh God, that's that's scary in itself. I hate yeah. spiders, I'm arachnophobic. It could be so more terrifying up, I, than the ghost. <laughs> seriously, so I was like, what the hell is this? That's never happened before. So I run upstairs and we had just moved into this house like two months prior. So upstairs, our bedroom is downstairs. Upstairs, we had two bedrooms, but they were completely empty rooms. We had no furniture for them, nothing. The only thing that was in there were blinds. So I get upstairs and the, these two bedrooms are down the hall from the stairs. So 
I didn't even go near them. My foot hits the top of the stairs because I was going to get a, a vacuum to vacuum the spider up. And my vacuum happened to be upstairs. So I hit my foot hits the top of the stairs. And all of a sudden I heard in one of the back bedrooms, the blinds slam. <laughs> you know how yeah. blinds make that noise? Like terrifying. <laughs> I, I froze. But like as soon as my foot hit the top stairs, I was back downstairs. I don't even know <laughs> how I got back downstairs. I really don't. I could have like, I, I have no idea. I flew. Um, so I got, I got to the bottom of the stairs and I'm frozen. I can't move. I call my husband. He's already at work. And I was like, this happened last night and this just happened. And I'm terrified and I don't know what to do. And I don't want to bring the, I, I want to bring the dog to my work, but I can't. It was like before people were like, yeah, bring yeah. your dog to work. It's cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 2019. Um, so anyways, I, I uh, coax myself out of the house. I, I leave and at work, I'm just like, it's all I can think about. I'm terrified. Um, and I am driving home that night from work. Day went fine, but I was just scared. And I'm driving home from work that night, and my husband calls me. And he had gotten home before me, and he's like, hey. And I was like, hey, oh, God, why are you calling me? What's going on? Is everything okay? And he goes, ooh, sort of, not really. And I said, oh, my God, how's our dog? You know, Momo is our dog's name, Moses. Um, and I was like, how's Momo? Is he okay? Um, and he said, oh yeah, the dog's fine, but my cousin is dead. Jeez. Yeah. So immediately I'm like, oh my God, but it couldn't have been his cousin. Cause this was like a, this was a. 1800s little boy this was not his 20 year old cousin who passed away um so i was like well what what was that what was that and it, at first i wanted to be like oh that was him you know like and, yeah. and it was an it was, it was at least an explanation right sure um it took me years to realize what i think it was um because it ended up happening again later mm -hmm. on um but so what I think that this little gray creepy ghost was and why he was on my husband's side of the bed was it was a harbinger of death, mm -hmm. basically saying, you know, death is going to happen. Um, and it was on my husband's side of the bed because it was his cousin. It was his family. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it rocked me to my core. It terrified me. I was so scared. And every time I would try to tell this, I would just be beyond i i couldn't i couldn't get the words out i would start to cry i would shake it was so so scary that's what that that entity left me with was like that mm. fear it was scary yeah i mean i'm getting tingly feelings just hearing you talk about it so um that that is terrifying and geez jess <laughs> Uh, I don't want anybody coming on my side of the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, I know, I know. Now, like when I wake up in the middle, I'm like, don't be on my side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're> not... <laughs> That's not good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that 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 is very scary. And and so you said it's happened since. Mm -hmm. It had to happen before. I mean, again, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that it wasn't a little boy at this time. It was even creepier. It was oh. a woman with with long black hair. And it was the night before my aunt passed away. 
Oh, geez. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one, the, the one after, I, it wasn't as long, right? So I kind of just like explained it away. It's like, I was dreaming. Everything's fine. And right. then the next day, I get, I get the call of, hey, your aunt died. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, it was another harbinger. Like, I don't want to know when people die. I don't want to know. Yeah. Why would I want to yeah. know that? Why would you tell, don't me, tell that? me that? Please don't tell me. Yeah, that's, that's evil. Like, don't it, tell me yeah. that ignorance is bliss <laughs> it's bliss yeah yeah let me be sad with everybody else yeah also yeah. Like, if you're not going to tell me who it is it's just kind of right. worthless right <laughs> well you're just just scaring me to scare me hopefully it isn't developing more <laughs> over time for you right i hope not i hope not yeah. knock on wood that it's not yeah. well thanks for sharing that i mean that is yeah. a truly terrifying tale and you know i'm, I'm happy that I have not had anything like that happen to me. So. <laughs> and I hope you never do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that kind of like is a good segue into like, you know, what I'm going to share. I have had things happen, um, you know, and most of the time I don't see anything. And we talked a little bit about that around the table and, you know, when we were freaking Ashley out um, in saying that, like, I, I, you know, I have that empathic feel of things around and like, you know, heaviness and burden and, and, and like, you know, I have a couple tales around that, but you know, there's only been a couple times where I thought I saw something, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I remember growing up and, and maybe there was stuff that I, I just blocked out as a child that I did see, you know, but I remember growing up feeling like things were there and, and like I was going to see something, but I just, you know, thank God has never really materialized, materialized. So Right. Um, but a couple of years ago, uh, I was working as a, a general manager for a bed and breakfast. And um, it was in this old historic kind of like second oldest building in the town, essentially. And um, so during that time, we were very short staffed and uh, I would have to do some overnights. So it was like five, six rooms in this building. And most of the time I was doing like the big events, like weddings and things like that. And I had staff that kind of could stay overnight. And this particular night, um, it was like a Friday going into the weekend and we had guests checking in really early. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to stay in the house by myself the night before so I can get up and greet them right at the door and get them all set up and all that. So I didn't have to get up and drive in. And so... I'd heard a couple things. So there was that kind of instance of like, you know, the, the house, the house is haunted or there's some peculiar things going on, but I had never experienced anything. And I had been going into the house for quite some time. And so it was late. Um, every time that I go on a traveling trip or anything, it's very hard for me to get to sleep first night. Like I always am tossing and turning. So I decided um, in this Victoria mansion, you go up this big grand staircase, go around. And I of course picked this, beautiful room (laughs) the best room in the house that i actually i'm like i love this room and so i'm laying in this humongous bed wide awake can't get to sleep and i just felt something like play with my hair like on the back of my neck just a little touch and you know and and i'm like what was that you know and i kind of popped up and then and i kind of flattened out the pillow and I'm like, okay, it was probably just me getting a tickle right from the pillow somehow. And sure. so again, lay back down. I'm starting to get settled. Nowhere near sleep at all. Like, and, and all of a sudden it happens again. It's just this light feeling, you know, on the back of my neck, through my hair. And I'm like, 
okay, that's something. All right. So of course I've jumped up and I'm like, okay, there's gotta be something in this bed looking for bugs, looking like whatever, nothing. It's completely clean. It's beautiful. Like that's the one thing about this house. There was no rodents. There was no like bugs. It was a beautiful house. And, and I, so, I would think bed bugs. Right. That would be my right? <laughs> but it was too big for that. It felt, and you know, as I, the second time, especially it, it felt like a human hand, like a cold human hand. And so I decided, <sighs> you know what? I'm not laying here right now. I'm just going to go downstairs, get some something to drink, something, whatever. So I start walking around the stairwell and I get in line with this one spot on the, this right before the stairs go down and the phone rings as I am standing right by this thing. It just rings and it's like dead silence. So of course I jump, right? Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, so I, pick up the phone slowly it's an old like rotary phone and i'm just like hello and there's nothing but like a sound it's not you know it's not a, br a breath or anything it's just this weird constant noise so it, the phone no. line's not dead and i'm like hello yeah. hello nothing so i hang up and i'm of course go downstairs and i'm like you know screw this <laughs> so um you know, I ended up like getting my drink or whatever, going back up um, and going by the phone and, and, and staring it down kind of as I walked by <laughs> back to the bed. And, and basically, I just said, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're here for, but I need to get some sleep. Got to get up early in the morning. Please just leave me alone. And I laid down and took some time, you know, a lot of creepy noises in the house. You didn't help the situation, uh, oh. but I finally went to sleep. And around 5 a.m., was it pitch black in the room, pitch black outside? I had to get up. My alarm goes off. I get up. I'm walking around the stairwell thing. And then right as I got in line with that phone, it rings again. No. So I pick it up again. Sound. This constant, weird, whispery kind of sound, but not anything human. And I'm just like, I think I said something stupid, like, just go back to bed. It was something like I didn't, whatever came to my head, but it was so freaking creepy. Hung that up. Um, every other night that I've like stayed there, I'd never had that particular thing happen again. Um, but I tell you, like, I don't want to go anywhere near that phone. <laughs> so, or that room. Did you stay in that room again? Yeah, I did. I really did like that room. It it, it really, it was the master suite. Um, they, there was a number of, of passings in that home, um, you know, and and one of our staff used to say that there was um i guess she was an old you know the mother of the house was always there and i think she called her mabel and she was always watching over the house and and she and our housekeeper would be singing and, and stuff like that and she's like i'm gonna go clean in here mabel she was very like you know in tune with that Smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but there's other stories yeah. about that house and other stories that i've heard from different people but I mean, that's probably the most consistent thing that like ever happened where it was like sort of reaffirmed, you know, I've had other things yeah. happen, but like, so is it terrifying for me at the moment? Yes, I was freaking terrified, yeah. but, um, yeah. you know, when you think about it, it's like, it's kind of an old horror film thing almost. Right. So, but that's, that's my, my, one of my tales. Do you think that she was mad that you were sleeping while you were like caretaking? in the bed and breakfast is I mean, she supposed to be the caretaker yeah you know it, that could be it um 
I didn't address her at all. Like, you know, like I said, the housekeeper would address her and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and, um, although I'd heard stories, I just never really kind of thought that that was what's going on. And I think I might've even been in the house a couple of times where I have heard the things I'm like, Oh yeah, but yeah, but that's not real kind of thing, you know? So yeah, he's just, or he, or whatever it was just saying, you know, it is real and I'm here, you know? So I feel like it was, a, it was a woman, but like, you know, yeah, I feel, I feel like, um, when, when that stuff happens, like, you know, you heard whispering or something on the phone, but like yeah. on the other end, she was probably like yelling at you yeah. to like, get your lazy ass up. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to be sleeping on the job. And what are you doing yeah. in my chambers? She, right? She's hitting you instead of like that little tickle. She was actually like yeah. slapping you in the back of your head. <laughs> Good thing she didn't have more energy, right? It is. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So, and, and honestly, the caretakers had their own separate staircase. It was one of those houses, an own separate staircase right down to the kitchen and a two, there was two single rooms, very small rooms where, you know, the staff would stay. So I was staying, you know, and maybe that's the other thing is I chose like the most luxurious room there. Like, what are you doing staying here? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But I could see Yikes. that. That for you sure. Her off. She yeah. was mad. She was, she's like, I, I've left this guy alone, but now mm. no, not in my not in my bed. <laughs> not my yeah, that's it's probably her room. Yeah. Who no. knows? That's okay. Fine. Well, Jess, oh, I yeah. think that we can move in, Yeah, we can definitely uh move into the the next segment of the show. And um this is something that we I came up with a clever name for Jess's guess. Um and Jess's guess. Yeah, Jess's guess. So I've selected two stories. One, okay. um, you know, was from from the internet, supposedly true, uh, and the other was AI generated. Um, so one is, uh, you know, a little bit longer than the other. Uh, and what we're gonna do is tell both of the tales. Um, hopefully they're they're creepy enough for you. Um, uh, and then we'll kind of have you kind of guess which one you think is is the real tale and which one is created by artificial intelligence. So, right. yeah, I mean, that in itself is terrifying. But... <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I can tell the difference. Otherwise, I'm going to be even more terrified for a right? totally different reason. <laughs> well, you know, um, it, and I selected two different kinds of style of story, too. So um, hopefully, hopefully this is this is a fun segment for our listeners. And maybe you guys can all kind of before you hear the ending where we reveal it, um, you can like share on social media um, what you think was, you know, the answer right yeah. um so all right let's get started in a quiet i'm ready yeah well i was about to start and then i should you know what i should give this some sort of um we'll call this one the the whispering manner so in a quiet remote town nestled between rolling hills and thick forests there stood an ancient and eerie mansion the townspeople, townspeople spoke of it in hushed tones, referring to it as the Whispering Manor. It was said to be haunted by spirits of the past, and none of the townspeople dared to approach it after sunset. The mansion had been there for decades, but its legends remained vivid in the memories of the townspeople. One tale in particular sent shivers down everybody's spine, the story of the haunted doll. Generations ago, a reclusive toy maker who lived in the mansion, Ambrose, was known for craftsmanship, creating the most exquisite dolls and admired far and wide. Ambrose's obsession with the perfection grew to an unhealthy level. He spent days and nights perfecting every aspect of his dolls. 
neglecting his own well-being and shunning all of human interaction. Ambrose's loneliness drove him to create a doll unlike any other. He infused it with his own emotions, hoping to have a companion that would understand his pain. He named her Serfina and had a porcelain skin, glassy eyes, and intricate details that made her appear almost lifelike. As the townspeople whispered more about Ambrose's peculiar behavior, they began to notice strange occurrences around the mansion. Faint, mournful cries echoed through the halls, and some claimed to have a glimpse of a woman's figure standing by the window. It was believed that Serafina had absorbed Ambrose's anguish and was a vessel for his tormented spirit. One moonful night, a curious and brave young woman named Eliza decided to investigate the mansion. Armed with only a lantern and an adventurous spirit, she crossed the threshold into the whispering mansion. The air was thick with a sense of foreboding, and every creak of the floorboards sent shivers down her spine. Eliza's lantern cast eerie shadows on the walls. She explored room after room, her heart racing with a mixture of excitement and fear. As she wandered deeper into the mansion, she discovered a dusty, cobweb-covered room that seemed untouched by time. In the center of the room sat a glass, eye-gleaming doll in the lantern's light. It was Serafina. As Eliza approached the doll, she felt an inexplicable connection. Her heart ached for the lonely toy maker who had poured his soul into this creation. She reached out to touch the doll, and in that moment, a soft whisper filled the air. It was a voice tinged with sorrow and longing, telling the story of Ambrose's solitude and desperate despair for companionship. Eliza realized that Serafina had not held the spear of the toy maker, but also a plea for release. She determined to free them both from eternal torment. She, was div she devised a plan. With the help of town priests, they per performed a ritual to cleanse the mansion and guide Ambrose's spirit into afterlife. As the ritual concluded, a warm light filled the mansion, banishing the shadows that haunted it for so long. The townspeople watched in awe as the mansion seemed to, to sigh in relief as it long-held secrets finally set free. From that day on, the mansion was no longer whispering sorrowful tales, and the towns felt a renewed sense of peace. Serafina was just a doll, but it sat in the place of honor in the town museum, a silent reminder of a haunting tale that finally found its closure. So that was the first one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. And then uh, I have the beach house renovations. A city girl all her life, Becky had long dreamed of buying a place in either the mountains or somewhere near a body of water. Becky fell in love with a weathered-looking house at the first time she set foot inside the threshold. It had been vacant for quite some time, and a thick layer of dust had collected. It was small and not lavish, but Becky knew that it would be home. The woman who showed Becky the house told the previous owner was her aunt, who had recently passed away. The elderly woman had spent several months in a nursing facility prior to her death who explained a negligence in the appearance of the home. Becky remembered that she and the seller had gotten along quite well as they negotiated the transfer ownership of the property. There had been no haggling. Uh, since Becky had already made up her mind, she was buying the cottage regardless of the terms. In the end, a deal was struck, and it was satisfying for both parties. Becky couldn't wait to make this place her own. She had already made a list of things that would need to be done to the house in order to make it livable. She soon discovered not everyone was eager as she was to make changes to the cottage by the beach. Becky took some time off from work in order to oversee the renovations in her new place. She decided to hire contractors to tear out a wall that separated the kitchen from the living room, since the house was small to begin with. 
Becky thought this would open up the space and make the rooms appear larger. Fresh coat of paint and some minor prepare work could complete the transformation. She remembers that everything had gone according to plan on the day of the re one of the uh, renovations. Even so, as she lay there in bed, Becky began to sense that something was not right in the house. Sometime before dawn, Becky was awakened by the sound of pounding in the living room area. She had given the contractors free reign to come and go as they needed, within reason, but she hadn't expected them to show up before sunrise. By the time that Becky had gotten dressed, the house had fallen silent. She stepped out of the bedroom. She saw there was no lights on in the house. And as she navigated through the debris that was still strewn about the, from the previous day, Becky realized she was alone in the house. Catching a glimpse of the digital clock on the stove, she saw it was 5 a.m. in the morning. Becky says that as she sat at the breakfast nook drinking her coffee, she felt a sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach that she could not explain. As she gazed at the window, she could feel both anger and sadness welling up inside her for no reason. She didn't know at the time that she had brought on this sudden show of emotion, but she soon would. The workers arrived in the house later to find Becky sitting by the window. She recalls that by a time, a crushing sense of depression had settled upon her that made it impossible for her to move. It was only then she realized that she was in the way that she managed to drag herself out, out into the bedroom where she sat on the bed and wept until they <laughs> resumed work in the next room. Becky recalls that her emotional state had swung back and forth from boiling anger to devastating sorrow throughout the day. All of her plans to aid in the work of the house had been put aside and tried in vain to pull herself together. Later that evening, the man who was supervising the project asked Becky if she would like to see the progress that she, they have made. The wall had been separating the two rooms was now a memory. Becky had to admit the open space had added charm to the house that previously had lacked. Even though she was pleased with the final results, she couldn't get over the inexplicable sense of loss that was still weighing her down. The contractor told her to be back in the morning to finish up the, uh, the piecework that would make the, the completion of the job. Before leaving, he made Becky aware that they had left the windows open to air uh, to, paint, to air out the paint fumes. Since there were no screens, he wanted to make sure that the house was secure before nightfall. Becky thanked her and seeing him to the door. Overall, she was thrilled with the way the room had turned out. The contractors had followed her specifications to the letter, and she couldn't help feeling something wasn't quite right. After tidying up the kitchen, she decided hot bath uh, would be an attempt to calm her nerves. Becky had just settled in the tub when a series of loud bangs suddenly erupted in the living room. Her heart was pounding out of her chest as she slipped on a robe and cautiously made her way to the next room to see what was going on. Becky wasn't sure at first what had happened. She didn't know, notice anything out of place until she stood in the middle of the floor and scanned the room. It was only then that the source of the noise became evident. Becky could see that all the windows the contractors had left open were now shut. In a panic, Becky swept through the house looking for signs of an intruder. To her relief, she found that the front door was secure and there was no evidence anyone had been in the house. All the same, someone had forcibly closed all the windows and it hadn't been her. Later that night, she began to look over some of the emails she had received from the contractor. He explained to her at the beginning of the project they'd like to document the work that was done for the records. When she opened the email, she saw that it contained a series of before and after photos that had been taken of her home. First, Becky hadn't noticed anything out of the ordinary about the pictures. Upon closer inspection, she spotted something that resembled a patch of fog in the background of many of the photos. The image was vague, but she could see in it every frame of the pictures that it had been taken after the renovations had gone underway. Strangely, the wisp of white smoke was not visible in any of the before photos. Becky studied the pictures in an attempt to come up with an explanation for what she was seeing. In time, she soon discovered this was the only the beginning of the mysteries that would be uncovered in the beach house. She remembers tossing and turning most of the night. At some point, she recalled hearing the sound of footsteps just out of her room. 
She could not see anyone in the doorway, but the steady pace was unmistakable. Becky was afraid to get out of bed and investigate the noises. Even though she couldn't see anyone, she was convinced if she confronted the intruder, it would not end up well for her. Rather than risk a run-in with a home invader, she lay perfectly still and pretended to be asleep. Becky could hear the footfalls becoming more and more frenzied. Whoever was outside of the range of vision was obviously very upset about something. They seemed to be getting closer to her bedroom, even though there were no visible signs of movement. The relentless pacing had gone on for several minutes before abruptly coming to a halt in the doorway. She still couldn't see anyone, but the feeling of eyes boring into her was so intense that it sent shivers throughout her body. She lay frozen in the bed. The thing that still remained unseen unleashed a torrent of hateful words upon her which she had never known. Becky says that the voice was that of a male and that it seemed emanating from the clench between clenched teeth. Becky couldn't make out everything that was being said, but she certainly got the gist of it. The man had spoken very quickly, without any breaks, and as he seethed, he had warned her this would happen and she would have to listen. He also told her that she had always thought that she had known it all. Although the man was ranting at Becky, she had the impression that his words were being directed at someone else. Nothing about his voice or demeanor were familiar to Becky. She got the feeling that her ang the angry tirade had aimed at someone who he had a personal connection with. Fortunately for her, Becky just happened to be present when he unleashed the pent up hostility. She recalls that he had peppered everything he said with explicitives that were not fit for print. Becky didn't utter a word as the man had his say. Eventually, the house fell silent and as he retreated back to where we had emerged. As terrifying as that experience had been, it proved to be the first of many visits from the angry man. Becky says the verbal attacks occurred regularly after that night. Although the first occurrence had taken place at night, it soon was apparent that he could show up any time he took a notion. Becky claims the angering whispering seemed to come from out of thin air all hours of the day and night. She never once saw the person who was speaking, but she never doubted his presence. The more she was assailed by his words, the more she became convinced that she was not the target of the anger. The renovations of the house were completed within a week of the first manifestation of the whispering man. Becky had hoped that once the workmen were finished that everything would go back to normal. It was not to be. If anything, the incidents increased in frequency. After a many nerve-wracking work day and sleepless nights, Becky was at the end of her rope. She wasn't sure what was happening in the house and that was supposed to be her sanctuary. She only knew that she couldn't stay there any longer. With no plan of action, Becky packed up her belongings and headed back to the city. Becky did not give up on her vacation home altogether, opting instead to let things quiet down. One of her more open-minded friends was the first to raise the possibility that the demolition and reconstruction that occurred in the house still stirred up something that may have been resting until that point. Becky would have scoffed at such a notion under normal circumstances, but things were far from normal. The more Becky mulled over the idea that she had awakened a ghost in the beach house, the more the real scenario became. As she backtracked, the timeline fit the explanation to a T. She remembered the feelings of loss and anger and how she was overwhelmed when the renovations had begun. Becky now wondered if the unexplained rollercoaster of emotions that she had experienced had actually belonged to someone else. Becky was consumed by the need to find out more about the previous owners of the house. She finally gave in her curiosity and phoned the woman from the purchasing that she had purchased the home from. The story unfolded that would further convince Becky that she had unwittingly awakened a, um, a malcontent. 
Becky had only intended to ask the woman about the history of the house, but ended up pouring out the story of the angry, unseen presence that had sent her packing. Becky was aware that the woman's aunt had lived in the house for decades prior to her death and inquired to whether she had mentioned having any similar experiences. The woman expressed to Becky that she and her aunt had been close, and there had nothing been strange reported about the house. Becky learned, however, that the original um, owner was a woman woman's aunt and uncle the man had died several years before the wife leaving the sole beneficiary of his state to her aunt the woman explained that her uncle had been a difficult person to get along with to put it mildly he ruled the home and his wife with an iron fist becky and the woman both agreed if anyone was haunting the house it was the uncle as far as fast as this sounded they both came to the conclusion that seeing this house had been ripped apart had been far too much for the spirit to bear it appeared that, even in death, his controlling nature could not be contained. The woman also felt that the shows of temper that Becky had witnessed were meant for the wife who had entrusted his beloved home. They speculated that he blamed her for dying and allowing the house to be sold to an outside party. The words that he had spoken in his fits of rage certainly seemed to fit the scenario. Satisfied that she had unraveled the mystery of the beach house, Becky is holding on to the property for the time being. Her plan is to continue to restore the house to its former self, and as soon as she can afford to do so. For reasons that she can't fully explain, Becky feels a connection to the house in spite of the encounters with the angry spirit. Becky hopes that the entity, who she firmly believes is the man who previously owned the house, will be appeased when everything is returned to its original state. If her plan works, the man's spirit can rest, and she'll finally be able to enjoy her coastal getaway. So, what are your thoughts? So my thoughts, um, both both were uh, you know creepy. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So thank you, good picks. Um, the first one is AI, right? Chet, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that I was able to tell that apart. Um, the second one is, it's like a a, a tale you hear over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um renovations start and it kicks up spirit activity um probably because there's just more energy in the home um mm-hmm. more power tools there it takes a lot to like knock down walls you know like the lots of that's a lot of energy yeah. being expended right so like ghosts get more energy from that and then they can start you know telling you how they feel um that's i mean that's that's sad I, I I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> feel bad for that woman. Um but yeah, I uh I feel like that she has like that connection to the house too, which is mm-hmm. kind of something that you hear and I'm sure that we'll hear as we go on more in our tales is um sometimes you fall in love with a house, people fall in love with a house and um only to come to find out that it's haunted and yeah. terrifyingly so they'll have like this warm energy they'll walk in like it's perfect it's everything we ever wanted and then they move in and it's like oh my god and it was like almost like did this lull me into a false sense of security so it could torture me you know yeah. <laughs> um so that's that's my i i wonder you know like she fell in love with that house immediately she was all about it was it one of those things or was it that this guy really didn't want anybody in his space um yeah. but didn't have enough energy until she started the renovations to to tell people 
Right. You know? And is he really going to calm down afterwards? Like if she restores it to its original glory, is he really going to, you know, be appeased with that? And I guess what's like, you know, you're true. It's true. It's a, it's a sad tale. And there are some aspects of it. The terrifying thing to me is like the influence that he had on her emotional state. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there's something else I think we're going to hear in a lot of our, you know, stories about different people is the influence, mm-hmm. then the power that some of these, you know, entities have over um you know the human state right um mm-hmm. and and i i sort of truthfully picked that story because you're a realtor <laughs> so i'm like you know what here here's something that you know can hit close to home for jess yeah um mm-hmm. and going back to the ai uh you know it was a little more difficult than i than i thought it would be to to kind of make it come up with a story right yeah. um and uh, you know, definitely as I was, you know, looking at them and stuff, they, it wasn't as well written. Right. Um, and it was more of a, like, you know, that creepy doll story that we do hear about. Right. So, um, but I know, I don't think you were truly terrified with any story, right. Either one of them. But, um, I, like I said, I think the premise of, you know, what you and I feel is terrifying is completely different um than some of the other members of our audience like they're like mm-hmm. i love clowns but i know of people that will see a clown and will run like with the you know extreme screaming crazy you know run away yeah. and that's terrifying yeah. to them so all yeah. that is subjective and that's something that i'm really looking forward to learning more about like you know you and our guests and our listeners what is truly terrifying to you because it's mm-hmm. You know, although I was scared in the moment in that story that I shared, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't terrified, you know, Um, there's other things or the potential of other things that terrify me more. And and we'll definitely get more into that as we we go forward. Well, so haunted dolls scare the shit out of me. They scare (laughs) me. Like I, so growing up, my grandma would always get me these porcelain dolls Mm -hmm. and I'll tell another, just a quick, like haunted tale. Um, so they were all characters, fairy tale characters. I hated porcelain dolls. I hate that their eyes follow you. <laughs> I do not like their creepy stoic faces, you know, like, yep. are they smiling? Are they evil? I don't know. Um, so I hated these dolls and my mom kept them up on a hutch that were in my room that that was in my room. It was like, um, a hutch on top of a desk. So these were like up close to the ceiling. Um, and I never touched them because they scared me. I didn't want them anywhere near me. Um, and one day I came home from school and I think I was in middle school. So I was home alone. You know, my mom was at work. I guess I was like a typical latchkey kid. Um, you know, go inside, lock the doors. Mm -hmm. Um, and I walk into my bedroom and Goldilocks is standing on my desk. Now she, she's standing. She Mm -hmm. couldn't have fallen off the hutch. Like if she fell off the hutch, like somebody knocked it, she would have yeah, she'd be, well, she's a porcelain yeah. doll. She'd be smashed. You oh, know, yeah. she, she would have fallen too. like by, yeah. I mean, this was a high hutch. It had like three tiers. They're standing on top of this hutch close to the ceiling. So it wasn't like she would be standing on my desk. So I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, <laughs> so my first reaction is like fear. But then it was like, okay, well, my mom must have been like dusting or something in my room sure. after I went to school before she went to work. So I call my mom and I'm like, hey, um, were you dusting in my room? And she goes, no, why? Why would I do that? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, she was like a clean freak. So I was like, well, what do you mean? No, what do you mean? No, I was like, well, Goldilocks is standing on my desk right now. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> She's like, and she goes, Jessica, she is not. She is not. Like, don't don't make up <laughs> stories. You know, like like yeah. like I wasn't even a kid that made up stories. Um, so I was sitting there and I'm like staring at this doll and I'm on the phone and I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared and I was like okay so you're you're not lying like you really didn't clean my room you weren't going through anything you weren't like trying to read my diary because like she did that yeah um, <laughs> yeah and she was like no I'm telling you I was not in your room at all Goldilocks was standing on my desk I hate dolls and from yeah. that moment on I made her remove those dolls from my room I wasn't touching them I wasn't going near them in that moment I said mm. I do not care and to this day I you know it, this is you know 20 something years later and I will not let those dolls in my house my mom said she was gonna bring like all my old stuff and I said <laughs> you will not bring those porcelain dolls into my home absolutely not there's a great dumpster up back <laughs> yeah 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 it's like get rid of them sell them give them away I do Whatever. not care what you do they are not coming into my home yeah at all yeah <laughs> well I mean, I, I would just like, why didn't she shatter? Why don't, when we just try that again, let's re let's retry. Let's drop her from a greater height. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I wouldn't mind. <laughs> one less doll to worry about for my childhood. Yeah. Right. That, so, well, that's just a terrifying thing. Will it release the spirit? Like in oh, yeah. your story where like yeah. the spirit gets released. Yeah. So where I thought the AI story was going to go, to be honest, was mm -hmm. I thought that like the doll, like they they were going to release this guy's tortured spirit, like with the warm light and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But then the, the doll was so evil that the evil doll like now owned the house that it was in sort of thing. That's yeah. that's where I thought it was going to go. That would have been utterly terrifying to sure. me. Sure, <laughs> sure. And, you know, as we move forward, I think I might enhance it. My, there was a couple spots where I wanted to enhance myself. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's not really being true to this, the, the, the segment. So, um, but I think this was a great, you know, first episode. Um, we're looking forward, honestly, to to hearing your terrifying tales. We want to keep yes. upping the game. This was a good warm up to like what this is mm -hmm. really going to become. Um, so uh, in the show notes, uh, we're going to put all of our contact information, but you should definitely reach out to Jess and I with your stories. Um, we're going to have a couple different like show formats, to be completely honest. We're going to maybe be reading off some stories from our guests. And then we're going to actually have guests come on the show. Uh, so if you're interested in doing that, um, we we have a virtual platform here that we're utilizing, but we're also uh, working on getting some studio access where we can do some in-person in interviews. And there's even some, uh, some uh, on-site remote things that we've already started talking about visiting, um, but we need to know your stories and we really want to share them. So, I yeah. mean, the ultimate goal is to, to know all the terrifying stories uh, maybe debunk some if that would be great or just at least find some comfort in you know sharing those stories and finding strategies around um, you know dealing with the paranormal um, dealing with you know maybe even some you know true crime situations as well so um, but thank you for for being on the show with uh, with me today Jess and uh, for, oh, yeah. for sharing I, I thought this was great yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And yeah, we definitely want to hear hear your stories as well. And thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate you uh, sticking it out with us on our inaugural episode. And I'm excited to see where this goes. <laughs>